Hello, my friends, and welcome to another edition of All My Friends. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you are making those good decisions when it comes to the coronavirus. You know, it's far from over. I don't think people fully understand we will only be safe from the virus when there is a vaccine. And well, according to the experts, scientists, we're a long ways out from that. I'm pretty sure we're going to be masking up and social distancing the rest of 2020. If you think this will be over sooner, please tell me how. You can hit me up on my social media, DJ Rude Entertainment on Facebook, Justin Flaskrude on Facebook, private message me, direct message me on Instagram, El Ruderino. Hit me up on Twitter, DJ, oh wait, it's Jammin, DJ Rude on Twitter, J-A-M-M underscore DJ underscore Rude. I would love to hear how we are going to get out of this self-quarantining, um, shelter-in-place stuff sooner than the end of the year. Just let me know. I want to know how we do this. Now, today's guest is Chad Lobdell. Now, back in college, I became friends through broadcasting and, well, pro wrestling with a guy named Jeff Rickett, and he was from Buffalo, Wyoming. As Jeff and I became better friends, I got to meet so many great people from Buffalo at Jeff's apartment in downtown Laramie. Now, if you remember that apartment really well, you were never really there if you get my drift. Now, Chad was one of those people I met at the apartment, and he was a wrestling fan, and he went to the University of Wyoming, so we started including him into the Monday night mix of watching five, six hours of pro wrestling and drinking plenty of PBR. First and foremost, I ask everybody this question. Where were you born and raised? Cody, Wyoming, and then I moved to Buffalo in between my sophomore and junior year. So I lived in Cody till I was 16 and then moved to Buffalo, Wyoming. So your family kind of started up in Cody. How did your parents get to Cody, Wyoming? Um, my mom was born and raised in Cody, um, and then my dad moved there. Gosh, for he was an anesthesiologist so um he moved there to work in the hospital and that's how they met us but it was at the hospital where was he originally from uh my dad is originally from montana uh he was born in wolf point montana um and then they moved to garden city kansas and then from garden city um he moved back or moved to wyoming so your family's there in Cody. Your parents meet working at a hospital, you said? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so they meet, love for sight, and uh, they have a kid. Are you the firstborn, secondborn? Uh, well, my dad is my stepdad. So okay. um, I didn't know my real dad. So I was right. adopted at age three. So my parents met, I think, when I was two-ish. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but I am the first of their family. <laughs> and then, okay. Um, and you have siblings? I do. I have a stepbrother who is about four or five years older than I am. And then I have my sister who's about five years younger than me. So, and your sister is there, I mean, technically your stepdad and mom's ch child, right? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. And then you got your Sounds like my family. No, I'm the same boat. <laughs> I'm the um, So your 
technically a middle child, but you probably grew up uh, the oldest. Yes. Yeah, my stepbrother would come. I think he only came for like maybe two summers for a couple of weeks to stay with us during my whole time in my parents' household. So. And do you guys get along? Is he part of you guys' life? Does he? No. Um, he, my dad hangs out with him and he goes and sees my dad, but he's just not one of my favorite people. So. Oh, yeah. Is it, where does he live now, your stepbrother? Oh, who knows? I don't oh, even know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Maybe no, North Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> gotcha. Near Canada. Um, and your sister, you have a younger sister. Uh, what's she, where's she at these days? Uh, my sister lives in Torrington. Um, she's married to a correctional officer. Um, she's the regional director for Head Start in Torrington. So she kind of manages Head Start for Eastern Wyoming. And what is your guys' age difference? Five years. Five years. Um, so was there, was she, did she fall in your path in life? Did you blaze your own trail? Were you like the, you know, trendsetter of the house? That's a tough question. Um, I think she kind of had her own deal that was going on. Um, you know, since we were five years apart, I mean, you know, that was quite a big age difference. So she kind of did her own thing. I kind of did my own thing. And did she, yeah, I think we've gotten closer as we've gotten older. So, and uh, did, was she born in Buffalo or wait, yeah, Cody? No, she was born in Cody. Cody, and what yep. caused the move to Buffalo? Uh, my dad got a job at the hospital in Buffalo. So, gotcha. So, what was it like? What was the difference between like moving from Cody, Wyoming to Buffalo, Wyoming? Uh, the biggest difference is Cody is definitely a touristy town. Um, and I knew everybody in, in, uh, Cody since I lived there my whole life. Yeah. Um, so packing up as a sophomore or, you know, going to be a junior, um, and moving to Buffalo was a totally different thing. You know, I'm going to a place where I know no one, um, you know, and Buffalo was pretty cliquish, I think, um, but I fit right in. So it was kind of, it was easy for me. And it was easy for my sister too, I think. Whereas a lot of new kids didn't really fit into Buffalo and, and didn't really make those inroads. So it was kind of difficult for some of them, but I came in and fit right in and it was, it was good. Just Buffalo was such a small town compared to Cody, you know, going from Cody where you have, you know, thousands of people there during the summer and fall going to Buffalo of a, you know, a population of like 3000 and just like two stoplights. And I'm like, what is this place? <laughs> so. I, I, I feel you. Yeah, I moved from a suburb of Portland, Oregon, which is probably a lot bigger than Cody, Wyoming to Laramie, Wyoming. And uh, my, the first thought of Laramie, I came in at nighttime and looking out and you can see kind of the sky skyline. I was like, that's it. That's all that is. That's all she is. Like compared to where, I, where in Gresham, if I looked west, I would see the Portland sky, like this city. Like, right. So it was a shock to me. But, and moving at age 13, holy smack, like, like so much going on in life, maturity, all that, you know, all that stuff. And, but yeah, moving to Wyoming, turns out great move because I probably didn't get in the trouble I would have back in Oregon. 
as compared to Laramie, which was the basic for everybody. Probably high school, I kept it pretty close to straight edge as possible. I didn't drink or anything like that because it just wasn't, I didn't feel I was a good enough athlete. So I focused everything into that because that was my ticket out of Laramie. So in high school, were you, were you a, did you find yourself focused on athletics or did you find yourself like a lot of high school kids, you know, doing a little party in here and there, were you a good student? Like, cause that's a big change. So a lot of people lash out you know, at that age, you might dive into sports or dive into, you know, drinking. It was kind of a funny story because when I moved to Buffalo, they heard that I was a football player and wrestler and all of this. And they thought that I was a different kid that was coming, that was a state champion wrestler and all of this kind of stuff. So it was kind of interesting. I mean, I still love sports. Um, you know, I wrestled uh, uh, football, um, but I wasn't the kid they wanted because he was a stud. I mean, um, from Cody. Um, and I focused on athlete, uh, on, on academics too. I mean, I think my class, you know, we were constantly competing, whether it was, you know, sports wise or academics. I mean, you know, Oh, you got a 94. Oh, I got a 96. I got you, you know? So, I mean, we were competitive in pretty much everything. So, you know, I was a straight A student and, and an athlete too. So it was both, um, as far as the partying goes, you know, we would drink occasionally since I wasn't a soccer player. Um, I would drink a little bit during soccer season. And then, you know, there was – I would party occasionally up on the mountain. You know, I wasn't into house parties really because I wasn't going to get busted because um, Buffalo, it seemed like that's what the cops were really out to get was parties since there was nothing else for them to really do. Um, so I wasn't a huge partier. No, not really in high school. That came in college. <laughs> so you said mountain. Explain the Bighorns. Oh, I don't know. So the Bighorn Mountains, when I was in high school, was a great place because, I mean, you know, it was mostly Buffalo people that went to the mountain. Well, and, you know, we call it the mountain, but it was the Bighorns. Um, you know, so there was tons of good places where we could go to get away from everybody. You know, people had cabins and all of that kind of stuff. So we spent a good amount of time up in the mountains. Um, you know, as I've gotten older and, you know, now today, I mean, you go up on the mountain and it's tons of Campbell County people. So, you know, it's a lot of Gillette people that are up there and, you know, it just seems like there's people everywhere now. So. Yeah. I've been there a few times and like, it's right there in Buffalo. Like it's right next to you. It's not like 20 minutes and you're on top almost. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's up there. What's the elevation of that? Do you, oh, I think the pass is like 10,000 or 11,000 feet or something like that. I think it's 10,000. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a place. I mean, I, I guess in Wyatt Laramie, we kind of had that a little further out in the valley here to to go and there's Vito where lots of parties happen, but they always looked for that. Oh, I think. And so here, yeah, I think the police always looked for us to be up in the mountains partying. I didn't really have my first drink until spring break of my senior year. Cause I didn't do sports in the spring for that first time. Uh, Cause I didn't have football to play. Well, I was, 
going to Australia. So we were raising money to go to Australia. So my time was spent fundraising. And so like, I remember my friend was like, let's go to a party tonight. It was during our spring break and like had a few beers and next thing you know, things were crazy. And <laughs> I mean, you know, a few beers and I was like blackout crazy drunk. And I, that wasn't my style, but it was fun. And I was like, hmm, but I didn't probably drink until I graduated high school and went to Australia and had a fun time drinking there because the drinking age was 18. So, so, it was so you could fit in. Yeah. You could drink it just in like normal. So yeah, that turned that, that turned me. And my mom was so like kind of depressed when I came from Australia. She was like, well, now I can't brag that you don't drink. Cause I remember one time, like my parents, they liked the bar growing up and, uh, that was going to be the opposite of me. I was not going to have it. I didn't like how the time they spent there when I was spent like babysitting my younger sister. So I wasn't going to do that. And I remember my mom showing my, my stepdad passed out once drunk on the floor and she was so mad because he was drunk. And she's like, see what happens when you drink and it's stuck in my head. Like dare programs did, you know? And I was like, that's not going to be me. <laughs> and later on, it's fun. So you're in Buffalo now growing up and getting good grades. What other activities do you yeah. participate in besides wrestling and, and sports? Um, let's see, I went to close up. That was about the only other thing I really did. Um, What's yeah, I mean, sports took up a lot of time and, you know, just hanging out with friends and what was close that up? Kind of stuff. So I think I know. Close up I'm... is when you get to spend a week in Washington, DC, visiting the government. So that was well, fun. Um, I was on the prom that. committee, so I helped. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, uh, my older sister did close up as well, like when we were growing up in Oregon. That was thought that was pretty cool that she got to go to DC. So I went to DC later on in life, but that's awesome that you're a part of that. You probably just were you chosen? Yes. Yeah. So you had to fundraise and go and all of that jazz. So I did that when I was a junior. Oh, nice. And then you said something else because I interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, well, I helped decorate for prom and that oh. was kind of fun. So, but yeah, I mean, it was more just hanging out with friends and just doing our own thing kind of. So what was your first car? Or My you... first car? Yeah. My first car was a 69 Canary Yellow Volkswagen Bug. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I got that as my 16th birthday present. How was it in the Out snow? Of a, oh, it was horrible in the snow. <laughs> there was a guy in Ralston, Wyoming, which is right between Cody and Powell, that used to restore old bugs. And that's where my parents got it. They got it for a thousand bucks, and that was my first car. So, Wow. I. So the. Six Buick Skyhawk. The only way I can, when it was my uncle's car, my stepdad's brother, he worked on race cars and he had this car he was working on. He gave it like racing tires, had fat racing tires on it, no traction, um, lowered it to the ground. And I, I think he put in the sunroof, but it was, looks like it was all glass, glass top and glass back, but it had like, a glass back, kind of almost like a, not a gremlin, but gremlin, but flattened out, not the bone mm -hmm. thing. So it was longer in the back. 
And it's probably its best run was from Wyoming, not from Wyoming, from Oregon to Wyoming. Like that was the last time it worked good. Like it was a terrible, I got like. out during the trip. Yeah, I got it for my, like my 16th birthday, something like that. And it was probably the last time it, it was ran really well. It sucked in ho- like elevation. Like the, tra- the it had to be the, the carburetor needed to be adjusted for it's such a long time to for the elevation and it just wasn't built to be at this level and it was lowered to the ground so like all the drainage here in Laramie pits in Laramie here <laughs> you just have to barely drive through them it was a terrible car but my parents knew like I wasn't going to go on the highway I wasn't leaving town right like, barely made it across town it I think it was front wheel drive so it didn't suck in snow as much and I eventually took off the snow racing tires, put snow tires on it and everything. But yeah, I always have to ask, I started asking people about their first cars because here in Wyoming, you really get some crappy cars because your parents are like, we're not paying a lot for you to wreck it. For- oh, and I wrecked that thing a couple times. Oh, there so. you go. See? <laughs> like, well, how, you know, it's a bug. Like, but yeah, 69 restored bug. That's interesting. Like, to get only a thousand. Yep, a thousand bucks is what he sold it for. So nice. My second one was a, a Datsun I had through college most of the time. It ran great, looked like hell. Like oh my, I have that old blue truck. So that yeah, was an '84 Chevy truck that looked like hell, but it ran and got me back and forth from Buffalo to Laramie. So so graduate high school from Buffalo High School, and you end up in the University of Wyoming. Right. Yes. Or did you go to junior college? Nope. Went straight to UW. And so you go to UW, and uh, what did you major in? Majored in LR. I started as a pre-med major. Um, I did that for about a year and a half and decided that wasn't for me. So I trans- trans- changed majors to uh, elementary ed, and so I ended up graduating with an elementary ed degree. So we just glossed over a lot of time. How long? Uh, <laughs> it was kind of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, what was it like going from Bu- Cody then to Buffalo? Now you're coming to the big city of Laramie, Wyoming. And um, was that did you move in the dorms? I did not. Nope. My freshman year, I lived with my cousin Michelle, who was about four years older than I was. And Andy Ambrose, who was from Riverton, it was a friend of hers that she had met one of her first couple years in school. So we all lived in a um, two-bedroom house on 3rd and Gibbon, um, right next to the car wash there, um, which was fun. You know, I was, I think I was the only, there was like 17 Buffalo people that went to Laramie for my graduating class. And I think I was the only one that had a house off campus. Oh, yeah. um, that first year. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, that first weekend we threw a party and I was just like, had no idea what I was in for. Um, things got broken. You know, we had like 50 people over there. It was just kind of crazy. So were you prepared for that moment? Like making your own meals, doing your own laundry? Oh yeah. I could do all of that stuff. My life skills were pretty good and I'd love to cook and my mom kind of taught me how to cook. So that was all good. Um, you know, as far as being on my own, I don't think I was necessarily ready for that piece because I was not going to class, which 
you know, later I learned if you go to class, you're going to pass, you know, so, but yeah, my freshman year, or my first semester of my freshman year was pretty rough, so needless to say, I got academic probation for mm-hmm. my grades and all the You know, months. me, I was in that boat as well. So, college yeah, football. but it turned out okay. College football combined with trying to go to college, it wasn't working with me. Right, um, yeah, especially being on a football team, that would have been even tougher, so. And then, well, like, I wanted to be a part of it and watching it in video and, like, the rest of it, I didn't care as much. Or, like, I just didn't know how to balance my time. And that was probably the case because I was so regimented in high school. Like, everything was pretty much taken care of, to, you know. So time-wise, I didn't have to manage my own time. College right. a lot about that. I lived in the dorms um, right off the bat. And, but my parents, I was from Laramie, so my parents, I could go to the laundry. I could go to their house. And I had a lot of friends from Laramie, so... I, it was a different experience in the dorms, but it wasn't what everybody else got out of their dorm experience. Cause I knew I lived actually two years, one year I had my own room and it was right next to the stairs. And so I, I didn't go past the desk. I didn't go past the people. Like I barely met anybody. Like I just, it was a place <laughs> where I slept. Like there was no, like people came no, there to get me and then we left, but it wasn't like, Oh, Lifelong friend from next door. No. Right. Like, there was a Laramie kid on my floor the first year. Because first year, I was, like, random dorm mate. And there was this guy from Germany. And he was 21. Would have been handy to buy alcohol. But guess what? I had a fake ID. So, wasn't he wasn't that handy. And then there was a guy, kid from Laramie on the same hall. So, we recognized each other from high school. Because I had a class, like, 300 people. So it was, we knew, knew of each other, but you weren't necessarily like, how many people in your graduating class, like 20 or so? 71 or 72, I think. Oh, there you go, same. Like that, you probably knew the bulk of them. Like probably all of them. Probably knew everybody, yeah. Yeah, I did not know all 300 that well. And so kind of knew him, but we became closer and closer friends. I had a Sega, play state, you know, Sega game. Uh, Genesis, and so we played that a lot. And eventually, his roommate left, and so we became roommates. That was like the only friend I really developed, it, and we already knew each other from high school. But so it was interesting. So you're like thrown right into like kind of the social college life right yeah. away with like your your social life is not regulated by RAs. Like, no, <laughs> you know, it's your cousin who's four years older, so I'm sure there's some. Let's try this out on the young kid stuff on you. Like, well, and she, I had my own buyer, and you know, they liked to party too. So, you yeah. know, went tequila Fridays for about two months. That was pretty rough. And, you wow. know, we'd throw kegs. I remember my first homecoming. Um, Jess Stauffenberg, he was one of my, one of the people from Riverton I knew. And, you know, him and I go pick up a keg and, we're walking into my house and he's got this big Wyoming cowboy foam hat on and my friend Ryan's parents are dropping him off at our house as we're walking in with the keg. <laughs> so just kind of interesting. It was fun. We had a good time. So. And when did you start college here in Laramie? Uh, 94. 94. So that was two years deep when you started. Yep. So what, like what, appeal to you about being a secondary edge major 
well, going into it, I wanted to kind of follow my dad's footsteps and go into the, you know, doctorate, you know, the medical field, um, you know, but I was torn. I also love teaching and I thought being a coach would be kind of fun and doing some of that kind of stuff. And I always enjoyed working with kids. So uh, when the whole medical field thing didn't quite pan out, I was just like, oh, we're going education. So it was a good choice. So is that easier? Just like, no, no more pre-med education is where I'm at. Did you have a class? Yeah. Yeah, somebody was like, there was already a teacher. It was like, you got to do this. And you're like, oh, I can handle that. Or, oh, or my cousin you- was an, a, a, an elementary ed major too. So that kind of rubbed off on me. And, okay. you know, and I thought I loved that schedule, you know, oh, getting to have summers off and doing all of that kind of stuff. So I was probably going to be an education teacher. It kind of went marketing first. Because I go into college undeclared, but I was a DECA president in high school, which was marketing. Thought about marketing and then was like, maybe education because my dad, like so many people in my family are just educators, either college or, or K through 12. And I was like, yeah, I want to coach. Like, this is it. I want to do that. But my dad talked me out of it. Like the more he, like he, and he's a teacher, was a teacher, he's a retired teacher. And he, the more he talked about it, he talked me out of it. My stepmom tried to talk me into it. So I was like dueling, like what I should do. And then my stepdad's like, hey, you should just like intern for me for broadcasting, carry around this camera, do be around all, which basically led to my career path in life, my degree path. But I, education was probably a really tight second. Cause I like that. Yeah. The schedule. I wanted to coach. Um, I'd coached a little bit more. I wish I could still coach today. I just don't have the schedule to do it, but yeah, I hear you. And to educate young minds, you still work with kids. Don't you correct? Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Cause you're still in college. You just graduated. Okay. Now you're in college. Um, did you uh, explain to people a Laramie winner? Oh, <laughs> Laramie winters are from the end of October till May. <laughs> so it was freezing and cold and windy and nasty um, most of the time. Um, I mean, it was crappy. I remember playing intramural softball in snow, you know, and <laughs> in the fall. And, you know, it was usually about the end of October, right around Halloween when snow started to fly and it started to get cold and, I remember having to, you know, walk into class and cutting through all the buildings. You would have shortcuts through the buildings. So you didn't have to go outside because it was damn cold and windy. Um, yeah, they were just miserable. I think my, was it my second or third year in Laramie was the first, like, snow day Laramie had had in, like, 30 years or something like that. We just got hammered with snow. Um, and they actually shut the college down for a day or two or something like that. So it was the first time in like 30 years. So it was, you know, I couldn't imagine the hell people went through to get to class prior to that. So. Uh, it determined sometimes winter days determine if I made it to class. Like once I reached like a four block radius of parking and it was negative temperatures and wind was snow from every direction it's like, man, class today? Really? Yeah, it probably extended my college career, but it 
was terrible. And really honestly, when I moved away to New York, I thought at least I'll be done with that. Now I've lived here the last 17 years. And it's actually an easier winter, I think. Um, it, well, the university's gotten soft. Oh, they call, <laughs> they call it all the time, more than I've ever heard of. It's shocking to have when they were like, oh, we're not going to work today. I'm like, wow. And especially if there's not students around them. Like, no, yeah, it's easy to call. Um, because it takes a lot of people to make the university function from cleaning the sidewalks to you know, offices. Cafeteria and, workers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's oh, yeah. a lot of infrastructure that goes but, into and it. And it'd be like, nope, don't come here. Like, it's kind of hard to pull the brakes on a lot of that. So, yeah, they've done it more, I think, because they got bitched at for probably not closing it down as much as they should have back in the day. Um, I remember I was probably, is it two, eh, 16 maybe, 2016? It was, we, got, we had like a week of like some near nasty negative, like 30, 40, it was stupid weather, cold weather. And that's the last time I remember it being that cold. Like that comes around every so often, but the last couple of winters, this winter, I'm like, I don't remember like anything too bad. No, so, Sheridan was pretty nice this winter too. So I think we only had about a week or two of below zero. So I don't even know if we had any and much of that. Like it was a forgettable winter, as I call it, which is hard to believe in Laramie, Wyoming. Folks, if you're listening to somewhere, like you're like, oh, we get snow here. No, no, no. We get snow here. And it's from every direction. Like when it snows, just like like a Hallmark car, you know, like a movie, like just like Hollywood or something. That's weird. Maybe three times. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is odd. This is weird. I'm used to it just sideways on me. Yeah. We get it. Last year we got it through June. Did you guys get snow in June up there in Sheridan? Probably not. I think we got it in May. May was our last snowstorm last year. Yeah, I, I was. I we got it in June, and I was just like, "Man, well, we're supposed to get seven inches today, so we'll see how that goes." We're <laughs> going to get some weather down here too. Uh, it's no rain. I'm I'm hoping for some rain, because now that we're all home, I'm working on my yard, and yep. I'm like, uh, do I turn on the sprinkler system or do I just use this free water? I'm trying, I'm hoping for some rain. So oh, I put out a whole bunch of grass seed, so hopefully the snow will be perfect. Yeah, I kicked out some fertilizer, just raked and did that. Uh, man, it was nice to get out there, but it was kind of cold a little bit. It's not, I know the snow's coming. I'm like, just be rain this time. All right, weather aside, now you graduated from University of Wyoming. You have a, a degree in education from University of Wyoming. Yep. And where does that take you? Um. So I think one important part that I got to mention while I was in Laramie was, you know, getting to meet lots of different cool people, um, you know, people that I'm still friends with today. Um, on chance, my cousin, you know, we didn't live together my second year of college. So, you know, she just gave me a phone number to call and said, oh, here's a room for rent. Um, and I ended up making that phone call and, you know, I ended up moving in with uh, one of my best friends, um, Rob Montalbano who was quite a bit older than I was uh, from Chicago. You know, I ended up living with Rob for three years. We worked together out at Dinah's Cabinets up in Laramie. Um, so it was fantastic. You know, I got to meet Rob. You know, he ended up being the best man at my wedding. And, 
you know, we're planning on going to Big Head Todd this year together again. We went two years ago. He went with me. And so, you know, we're planning on Big Head in June if the virus doesn't stop us from going. And so, you know, that was pretty instrumental in itself as, you know, getting to meet Rob while I was in Laramie. And, you know, who would have thought that, you know, I would have met somebody from Chicago and, you know, and, and having a pretty good relationship with them. But yeah, so after graduation from Laramie, um, I ended up back in Buffalo for a year, uh, just subbing and doing odd jobs kind of stuff. I ended up coaching USA Swimming for a year because oh, wow. I needed something to do, um, you know, trying to get a teaching job in Buffalo. Um, needless to say, that didn't happen. Um, so I did a phone interview with a school district in Arizona and ended up getting a fourth grade position in Holbrook, Arizona. So right next to the Navajo Res, about 30 miles away, just kind of north central Arizona um, in the high desert and ended up moving there to teach school. Uh, what was the population of? About oh, Holbrook's probably about, I don't know, four or 5,000 people. It's not a huge place. It's the county seat because one, at one time there was an army base there. Um, so it was pretty populated and it's right on I-40 and Route 66. So, you know, it used to be pretty, used to have a pretty large population. Um, and it was an hour east of Flagstaff and, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of nice because it was centrally located. So you had Albuquerque like three and a half hours away. You had Vegas five hours away. You had Phoenix three hours away. Um, Lake Havasu City, you know, was five hours away. Even San Diego was eight. It was an eight-hour drive. You know, it wasn't horrible. You know, so there was lots of cool stuff to do within, you know, striking distance. So, I mean, you could drive to Flagstaff, ski, and then drive down to Phoenix and be in 70-degree weather and all in the same day. So, <laughs> it was, could be sweet. So, um, yeah. So, I taught school down there and coached football um, all the years I was there. I coached wrestling for eight years. and and coached baseball for a couple years too. So you were there eight years? That was just eight there? years. Yep. Eight years. Two thousand to two thousand eight. And while you're there, you meet your wife. Correct. Yep. So my oh. wife came over. Um, she's from Russia, so she came over on a teacher exchange program. Um, she was supposed to end up in Denver, um, in teaching school in Denver, and something fell through with their teaching certificate or something like that. So um, four of them ended up in Holbrook. Um, Amazing. So yeah, there's my wife who's from Barnell, Russia. Um, then we had Dasha who was from um, St. Petersburg. And then we had a girl from Ukraine and another one from Estonia. And I can't, and, or Dasha's, sorry, Dasha's from St. Petersburg, Uliana from Barnell. Then there was a girl from, Estonia, and then there was another one from someplace else. I can't remember where she was from. Um, so, yeah, all four of them ended up in Holbrook, Arizona, out of all places to teach. So. From, like, the metropolis of Denver. Accident not yes. happening. Expecting <laughs> that and getting Holbrook, Arizona. The armpit of Arizona, yeah. So. <laughs> well, they got gypped. No. But, I mean, yep. she got you. Obviously, yeah, yeah, that's good out of it. Cause you guys got married. So correct, how, correct. how did you meet? So she was actually there for about two years before I even really met her. Um, she was hanging out with a roommate of mine and 
the first time we met was we had a Halloween party at my house, and and that's kind of how I met. I remember she was dressed as a witch and was kind of running the drinks, and I was already pretty bombed at that time. And then you know from there, you know, we got started hanging out and ended up dating and what were dated you for a couple years. What was I dressed as? Yeah. Oh, I think I dressed as like a hippie or something. I don't remember. No two costume. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we dated for a couple years, ended up getting married in Vegas, and, you know, we ended up having our son and moved back home, so. So, wait, you had a son in Holbrook? We were in, so Paul was born in May, and we moved from Holbrook in June. To? Back to Buffalo. Back to Buffalo. So what caused that move? Um, We didn't want to stay in Holbrook. Um, You know, I kind of wanted my son to grow up in Wyoming. Um, My dad was working out in in the oil and gas fields at that time. Um, So we came back and started our own roustabout company. Um, which lasted about six months before the gas prices fell out and everything tanked in 2008. And so, yeah, that was a short-lived career change. <laughs> so then, but my wife had already got a job in Bighorn as a math teacher. Um, and then I got a job at the Yes House in Gillette and was teaching over there. And I taught over there for about two and a half years. So, so yeah. What's a roustabout business? So you just do odd jobs for the oil and gas companies, Um, you know, construction stuff or, you know, whatever they need done, essentially you would bid for contracts and, you know, and do what needed to be done to help sustain the gas field kind of, you know. I gotcha. Yes. We have a lot of uh, gas field or big gas fields here and they plateaued. Not a whole lot of business going well, on. The price of gas just dropped, and I mean, oh. it just put a lot of companies out of business. And, and you know, it's kind of similar as to what's going on today with oil. So. Yeah, true, true. They have kind of just opened up the pipes. Yep. And we can't drive well, them out, so it's like just bittersweet. Watching those gas prices drop as my full tank sits there. I just like me. I should just take some drives and back. Gosh, Laramie! It's what is gas in Laramie? Probably a buck fifty. Oh, uh, last time I looked, I think it was like one seventy-five. Oh, okay. So it's still thirteen cents cheaper than here. So. Yeah, and but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure we're on our way. Uh, I'm sure it's cheaper somewhere closer, further on. And that was the last time I looked. Right. Uh, about when I get out. So, um. You're back, you moved back to Buffalo, and is that where you guys had your second son? Um, actually, we, so when we first moved back, we moved in with my parents just to kind of get back on our feet. We ended up living in Bighorn for a year. Uh-huh. Um, then I got, I had my job at the Yes House, so we moved back to Buffalo so that we were kind of halfway, because, you know, I had to drive to Gillette, so that was, you know, a long haul from Bighorn. I mean, it was almost an hour and 45 minutes an so, hour and 45 minutes people and not like city like freaking interstate driving, interstate <laughs> driving. Um, so yeah so we moved to buffalo just to kind of split that difference so that my wife could drive to bighorn you know which is 30 miles or 30 minutes and, and i would drive an hour to gillette um 
then, you know, we stayed in Buffalo for probably, I don't know, four years or something, three or four years. Um, and, you know, we decided we're moving to Sheridan. So we've been in Sheridan ever since. So, why why Sheridan? Well, my wife teaches in Bighorn. Um, I ended up getting a job over here. So at NSI. So, and, you know, I had worked for the prevention management organization before that. And, you know, so I was in Sheridan and it just made sense to move over here. I mean, there was, my wife liked the bigger town, you know, there's a lot more to offer in Sheridan than there is in Buffalo. And oh, yeah. so we're in Sheridan. And that's where the youngest son. Yes. Danny was born in Sheridan on Christmas day in 2013. Wow. Sweet. So you guys have education backgrounds. We're all in quarantine. Are you educating your kids at home? I am helping my little one with his homework. He has little packets that he has to do every week. So trying to get ahead of it. He dropped off all of his assignments on Thursday and picked up his new one. So we're about halfway done with his math so far the weekend. Because my wife's doing online teaching and all of that kind of stuff. So it's hard for her to, you know, be able to help Danny with his stuff when she's trying to do her own work. And what does she teach? High school math. High school math. What, so what? she has a master's. She has a master's in math, so okay. she teaches some college college prep classes or concurrent dual enrollment classes through the college too. So, I gotcha. Yes, I have some friends that teach high school math. Well, Ray does in Las Vegas. Right, he teaches like algebra two and like gym, like math that's so below him that he teaches. Like it's not funny. Like he's like. Rude, I, I barely even know how to teach this stuff because the, the, what we've learned and how I got my degree is so much like what the math I've learned. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm sure it's... Common like, Core has kind of changed everything. Oh, for sure. yeah, that too. Um, so how, how are your kids handling the quarantine? They're doing pretty good. Um, they're bored at times. You know, I think they're tired of being stuck at the house and not being able to go to the Y or you know, hang out with their friends or, you know, my son was, this was going to be his first year doing track. And he was pretty excited for that. And, um, was pretty jazzed and, you know, they ended up with not doing any spring sports. And so that was kind of a bummer for him. Um, but you know, he's been on his Chromebook and, you know, he zooms with his friends and does video chat and all that kind of stuff. And he's been playing Fortnite a lot more since this happened you know just so that he can connect with his friends and do something sure. with his friends. so and your sanity good mine's good i'm still working i mean nothing's yeah. really changed for me so i think my wife's sanity is the one that we got to worry about so yeah and, and have you guys watched the tiger king i have watched the first episode and about half of the second my wife there's no way she would watch that but it, I want yeah, to. Uh, <laughs> you got to. You got to like once you episode by episode three, you're just like, what the fuck? What the hell? Yeah, like <laughs> there. It's just it's. Uh, well, we, I never knew so much about uh, tiger sanctuaries or tiger. Just that business. Oh, give me more away. It seems pretty crazy. I mean, all the breeding they do and. 
And people yeah. that shouldn't have big cats. No, you know? <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, how the hell are they here in the first place? They aren't like, there's mountain lions. I get that, but they aren't. They aren't like a natural species to North America. There shouldn't right. be lions and tigers besides in zoos in like places where they're like built for them to roam, not side soaps places like these. <laughs> exactly. And, and like you shouldn't be able to just be out by a tiger for like two thousand dollars. Like that's just not right. Like no. because they will they want to kill you. Like they're predators. Like my cat will hunt me if I was smaller. Like my cat. Damn Carl. Yeah, Carl. Like <laughs> I I see that instinctual stuff in him. And I can't imagine having a big cat like that around. They, they're like, oh, it attacked me. I'm like, no shit, it attacked you. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what they're supposed to do. I don't care if you raise them, you know, fed them, whatever. They're gonna they want to they want eventually they're gonna try to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an interesting show that is worth checking out. And it's kind of been, you know, the talk that's kind of pulled everybody's head away from their own private quarantine. And right. Yeah. yeah. Now I got to finish watching it. So that's, I'd oh, like to. Yeah. And I, another one I recommend is, oh, try, especially with the kids, if you got Disney Plus, watch all the Avengers, like in chronological order. I never thought about doing that because we watched them all. Um, I want the Mandalorian season two to come out. Oh yeah, definitely. But that's a bit out. It's there. like in 21, isn't it? Or something. Probably. It's probably all like productions probably delayed on that kind of oh, stuff. That's what pissed me off is the walking dead season finale is postponed too. Yeah. That was weird. They're like sometime in 2020. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Thanks. And there's a new one coming out, whatever the world's apart or world's Yeah, apart. the world's apart one or whatever, yeah. Yeah, that should be interesting. But that's just like a mini series kind of one, isn't it? It's just gonna be like one season or something. They're gonna keep it going forever. I mean, they have Fear of the Walking Dead and they just change over characters so much. Like you're like, is that person even the original? Like it's interesting to watch that kind of change in television. But now we're yeah, we're all watching all the time. Um so Last question. Thanks for doing yes. the interview, though. Absolutely. This I ask everyone this one because it's called All My Friends. How'd we meet? So you and I, I can't remember the exact time we met, but I'm sure Rickett was involved um, somewhere along the line. Um, you know, once I can't remember the exact day we met, but, you know, I remember watching wrestling with you and Jeff all the time. I mean, that was kind of our Monday night. Um, for four hours of drinking beer and having all kinds of fun and and you know just from there I mean just really hanging out and getting to know each other so did you ever go to Jeff's apartment downtown yes yes so that was a place when you were going to school in Miami the freak show the freak show of course <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I remember when they moved into that place and I, I'm sure that's where you and I met Oh, for sure, because I lived down the street or a block and a half right. over with all the football players. Walwork being a frequent guy at the freak show place. And right. Did you know Jeff when he lived on like 13th and Grand? No, no. Um, it all would kind of – I knew Jeff and I had classes because we were broadcasting majors. Right. Because of this long hair. And, and so – 
but we didn't really connect as friends until wrestling until josh wallark was like man you're watching wrestling too because i was watching it one monday night and he's like you got to go watch it with ricket and i was like what another wrestling fan and so uh i just walked over to i'd been over to that apartment maybe once or twice and i think i went over and i i had a, i think i had a wrestling shirt on and i was like watching right. it he was like you're a wrestling fan yeah and we had lots of in common from there on out and sure yeah that's where i met like buffalo right i met like the like that was I, a lot of our second home <laughs> i met so many people at buffalo i didn't even know if they went to uw or not or if they were just there for the weekend or the day or whatever because i yeah i spent a lot of time over there myself because yeah it was fun there's a band there was that to like at least what Luke playing the band. Luke and Brian. They play in the band. So Brian, yeah, Dahl was from Buffalo. Yep. Luke lived in the house, and so the setup was there because it was downtown Laramie. You didn't have, wouldn't piss anybody off if you played because you didn't have really ever have any neighbors. And so it's called Medicine Tree. If you guys were like, what was the name? Right. And yeah, and like I always say to people. I was like, yeah, we shot a music video for him. We hung out with him. They're like, oh, you're like groupies. I was like, no, I didn't really didn't. They're all right. I was like, we we're just there. And I was like, I didn't carry equipment for them or anything like that. I was in a road. I was just like, I was <laughs> friends with the band. We're friends uh, of the band. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was so odd because two guys in the band were from Laramie. That right, Larry and uh, what's his Bill. name? Bill, and yeah. Bill was like my high school like best friend. Like he's basically. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we hung out in high school because I was like, where I wasn't a drinker or anything like that. And musically, he's a cool guy. Like he's in the bay. Like he liked computer stuff. I was nerdy, but we just didn't party or anything. And we met through another friend and became more like really good friends. And so he, our friendship kind of dissolved a little bit because I went to college. I was a year older than him. And then you got a like serious girl, like just this girl, hung the moon stars type girlfriend to him. And I was reintroduced to them through that band. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot why we kind of chilled out being friends. Cause that girl sucked. They're not married or anything <laughs> like that now. Right, I remember her from those days like too. Yo -yo to, like she was buzzkill. And so and then he had Larry who could drink like a case of beer. Oh, man. Tommy Lee, like B version. Like, <laughs> Probably C version. <laughs> yeah, you know, see, like, like just a lot of people, I mean, he's passed because he, I think he drank himself to death. Right. And, but he was a drummer and he thought he was Tommy Lee and he was skinny and he, held on to that look till probably they died and they were a very interesting band I, they were yeah i remember there's some interesting songs and so yeah we know them i met, definitely met you at that house and then like jeff kelly moved out and got their own place and then, right so we'd go watch wrestling at your place to quit bugging kelly the whole time and so I don't know why we never really watched it. Oh, I wasn't. I lived at home probably by then because I wasn't one of the college football players anymore. That was the most disgusting place I've ever lived in my lifetime. Like, I believe I could beat coronavirus because I lived in that house. <laughs> well, and the thing about the freak show is, is that 
Jeff was such a clean freak that it was actually a clean place to go for most part. But, yeah, I wasn't. No, I never thought it was dirty by any means. It was just very interesting. And like, there was always that guy on the couch. Like, there's a <laughs> dude, random dude passed out on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you played the role. Sometimes you're like, oh, I know him. Who is that, Who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. I school him. Yeah. There was always that guy. They had Jerry Garcia TV. Yep. The stairway to nowhere. The stairway to nowhere. That was crazy. Um, like, I remember watching World Series. And that's where, because Jeff and I are Yankee fans. And they were playing the Braves. And they were down. And everybody's Braves fans, because everybody grew up on TBS. So they're like, oh, we love Braves. And we're like, no, the Yankees are going to make it back. They're going to come back. And they did. It was awesome. And we watched it on TV, like a little tiny TV he had in his bedroom. And yeah. It was like, it was like four like, different living spots. There was Jeff's room, and then there was Luke slash Jay's room, and then there yeah. was Oz's room, and then there was the front living room. <laughs> yeah. Oz has created like tent turned yeah. <laughs> like, big walls eventually. That room was crazy because it was a black light post. Like that place, I was like, it's like walking into a black light poster. Like, yeah. and then I lived in, like, I want to say it was either a converted brothel. We had numbers on the doors. There was a definitely pay windows. Um, <laughs> and, like, skylights, but, it, like, at the top of my ceiling was, like, very thin, I don't even know, like, paneling. Like, it was weird. And there was space up there. Um yeah, and they were dirty football players who all their time was spent on football. And so they didn't really give a shit about their, their house that much. They all chewed, so I'd kick over chew spit all the time. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm glad that that wasn't my life anymore. Right. But you learned. You live and learn with messy roommates. That's what probably turned me into a very more – a cleaner person. I can't say I'm a super neat freak, but I get there. And right. I had my own OCD about it because I lived with those guys. They were dirty. And I got really sick while I was there too. And so I went and lived at home for a little bit because my parents were just like, oh, this is nice. It was the worst. Illness. And I was like, maybe if I keep things clean, I'll never get that sick again. Haven't been. Keep things clean. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, man, for uh, being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it a good time. I learned some stuff about you, and hopefully, people will learn some stuff about you as well. Um, got anything? I always ask this too. Got anything to promote? Uh, nope. I don't have anything. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. <laughs> if the season ever starts, <laughs> if we get sports. But I don't talk about it because I it's like talking about like a no hitter. You don't talk about because you don't know. So like, oh, I was fucking pissed because I was supposed to be in Denver at Pearl Jam on Thursday and. No dice. Oh, yeah. My first concert was canceled on my birthday, March eighteenth. I was bummed. I understand the whole thing, and yep, I, nope, really, I get it. I would be a very uncomfortable uh, being around lots of people in confined spaces right about now, especially uh, trying to get your groove on and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it'd be tough. If I don't have to be. Well, thanks, man. You take care, and we'll all right. Talk to you later. All right. Sounds good, Rude. Have a good one.
So I've had this idea to start this podcast for a long time now. I did one face-to-face interview, and the rest have been done via Zoom. And a lot of people have been connecting on Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. And while that interview was just done via Zoom, and it's on the internet, so it's not perfect. The audio kind of went here and there. And Chad is up and shared in Wyoming. I'm in Laramie, Wyoming. And everybody else is on the internet at the same time because we're all just looking for entertainment. Some of us are working. Some of us are on the internet for pleasure. Some are just trying to kill some boredom. So we're using up a lot of internet out there. So it's not necessarily the most perfect audio coming in these interviews. So I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. Now I want to touch on this story in the interview, but we didn't get to it. And I guess it doesn't really involve Chad. It involves his backyard and a party at his house. Well, earlier in the year, Halloween, uh, Jeff and I dressed up as wrestlers, a tag team called Public Enemy. I was pretty much a dead ringer for a guy named Johnny Grunge, about mm, 75 more pounds on me. And their gimmick was putting three people through tables. So we took a table around to parties with us. Yeah, on Halloween, we never put anybody through it. Sucks. We should have. So we saved that table until actually the spring of that year, I guess, next year. And when Chad had a party at his house, we're like, we're putting someone through the table. And it ended up being our buddy, Ryan Cawthorn. So we set up the table. It was kind of anticlimactic, I thought. Um, I don't know if I was drunk, not drunk enough or we didn't set it up enough. We just wanted to get it done because we'd built the hype so much. We set up this table, put Ryan on it. I guess I got up on a chair, dropped an elbow. He didn't sell at all, jumped up, act like nothing phased him. And uh, so that was a party at Chad's house. They weren't all that kind of crazy. We weren't putting through people through tables, but that did happen at one of the last parties I was at his house in college. Well, folks, on to the next podcast.